Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Man, you guys excited today? All I know is I'm thankful that my little daughter uh, was wearing her headphones when Barry was singing there. <laughs> we were so blessed by that moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put that on a clip and play it over again, like a vine or something, you know? So unbelievable. But man, we're excited you're here today. I'm just ready to preach. I'm excited. You're going to find out how excited I am as this morning moves on. But man, I hope you're excited to receive something from God's Word, just experience them fresh today. Uh, we're in a second part of a series called God With Us. Man, it's a pivotal truth we're going to talk about. That God is with you. If you look in the Bible, this is called the incarnation. It's a theological term for it. But man, if you're a Jesus follower, how important is it to know the power and the presence of God is with you every single day of your life? This series is going to go all the way through Christmas, and we're going to kind of culminate at the cross. And if you bring somebody out, I guarantee you, man, God's going to work in their life. This is one of the best seasons of the year to invite somebody that's far from God that may be close to you out to our church. Amen. We experience people all around us that need the hope of Jesus and find purpose. And it's a great time to bring somebody. So I encourage you to take those cards and just start passing them out. You know, roll them up in the toilet paper, you know, at Target. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's this, you know? Or just write on the, I saw somebody post on the bottom of the, the tube to say, uh, you know, where's, where's your God now on the tube? You know, you get to the end. But, all right, don't do that. But we're going to start off today with a little verse. Uh, this is our anchor verse. We're go back to it every single week. It's found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It says this, look, the virgin will conceive a child, she'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. And say it together with me. It means this. What does it mean? God is, all right, some of you guys are with us, but God is with us. Most of you are with us. We're going to get there this morning. But last week, we talked about encouragement. We talked about what it looks like to be in the valley. We learned that sometimes it's easy to experience God on the mountaintops, and you can enjoy God all day long, but you really get to know God intimately in the valley. If you know what I'm talking about, you've been in the valley. Well, today we're going to look at a different metaphor. We're going to look at the wilderness. Look into the wilderness, man. How, how do we follow God in the wilderness? Where is he at? How, do we, how are we going to follow him today? And so the, the wilderness is different than the valley. In the wilderness, man, it's a long, it's a long haul. You don't see any mountaintops. As a matter of fact, you're in the valley. Guess what? You know you're in the valley, right? Like this is a season. It's just a place I'm going through. But when you're in the wilderness, man, you're just kind of lost. Like you've lost purpose. You lost hope. It's kind of dry. It's a little barren in the wilderness. I mean, I just have this image of just wandering, just wandering around the wilderness. I don't know if you've been there in life through a breakup or maybe a financial struggle or something. You've just been uh, in, a, in a struggle for a long time, but you're in the wilderness over and over again. Some of you might experience the wilderness. Maybe you're stuck in a job. Come on now. Somebody's got that job. You're like, man, I just want to, I just want to quit. You know, they gave me a bonus. It was some jelly beans. You know, this isn't a very good job. Like, I know some of you are there right now and you're just wondering, man, can I hold on? You know, I want to go back to school, but I'm still paying for my student loans from the first time. And so I'm looking for, there's one person. I know the rest of y'all got the same thing. You know what I'm talking about? You're renting, you're renting something out there and you're thinking, man, I'm making no equity. You've been saving and saving. And all of a sudden your family just keeps growing. I don't know that happens, but all of a sudden your family's just growing and there's not enough rooms and kids are on top of each other. Man, I gotta buy a house and buy a house by house, and you know it's been a season of wilderness for you. Maybe you're dating that guy. It's always that guy, right? Man, you've waited, you've prayed, you've fasted, like, come on now, propose, man. It's been six years. Come on, come on, getting getting I'm not gonna say anything, but it's gotta get there, you know? And that guy's like a professional video game player. You know what I'm talking about, just like really good at video games. You're like, man, if you paid half attention to me in the video games, it'd be no problem, right? So you're kind of in the wilderness. Like, should I start over? Should I dump this guy cold? Like, what am I going to do? It's a little wilderness moment for you. You know, it's interesting to look in the Bible about the wilderness. The wilderness always comes after the mountaintop. 
Matter of fact, it comes right after the mountaintop. This is what happened to Jesus in the Bible, man. He was on a mountaintop experience at his baptism. He got baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist, man. The heavens opened up. The Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. Man, the voice of his father who literally spoke to him and said, hey, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. Man, this is the only time in the Bible you hear the father's voice speaking to his son. Man, it's impressive. You know, he's on mountaintop experience. My dad's proud of me. My dad, my, this is where I'm supposed to be, man. I'm called. Man, I'm right where God wants me. In the very next verse, check it out. The very next verse, he says he was forced into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted. Come on, who's in the wilderness? You run the mountaintop one day and then boom, the next day somewhere else, bombshell. Hashtag 2018, huh? I saw some of you guys' Facebook posts. You had some kind of friends gestures on there and you guys shared it a little bit. Like, man, 2018 was like this. It was not good, man. You found out somebody was lying to you this year. All of a sudden, you're in the wilderness, right? You thought your spouse was being faithful, and this year you found out something different. You may be in the wilderness. You know, for some of you, you had unexpected bills. Man, you've been trying and trying and trying, and you're in a financial wilderness that's not coming together for you, man. Nothing's working. You're desperate. You feel lost. You're just wandering around. You don't understand. You feel like, man, nobody understands me. No one has it as bad as me. Man, today I want to show you one big thought. We're going to go back to this thought over and over and over again. And so I just want to show this thought to you. Your deepest need is a gift from God. Your wilderness is a gift from God when it drives you to depend on him. That your wilderness is a gift from God. Can you believe that today? Hopefully in the next like, you know, five minutes, because that's how long it's going to take in this message, right? That you're going to feel like this wilderness is a place where God wants you to be right now. This plays out in an amazing way in the Old Testament, found in 1 Kings chapter 19. We look at the life of the prophet Elijah. Man, God used this man in a massive way. Like literally on the mountaintop of Mount Carmel, he is casting down fire. Like he prays to God and God casts down fire. And then God kills all these prophets. Like he's literally on the mountaintop experience. And then immediately you see him go into the wilderness. He's desperate. Like he, he's alone. He's, he's discouraged. He gets to the point where he doesn't want to live. He's scared and he's actually running for his life. Here's a little context. There's this evil king in the Old Testament named King Ahab. He had a more evil wife named Jezebel. No, don't point to anybody who's a Jezebel here today. You know what I'm saying? But Jezebel, man, he heard about Elijah did on the Mount Carmel. He, she was upset. And so she came to the king and said, hey, listen here, don't send a man to do a woman's job. You know what I'm saying? Like she was upset. Mama wasn't happy. And so she said, hey, tell Elijah, send some news to that boy. By this time tomorrow, he's dead. Like, just spread the rumor. That's what's going to happen. And so he kind of put a head on him. It's kind of like taken. I will hunt you down, and I will find you, and I will kill you. That's like the best part. That's like the best scene in the movie. I'm just, <sighs> we need that clip right now. Somebody get that clip up here, you know? Anyway, I love that man. That's his voice. is awesome. I don't have that voice. And neither does Barry. So, <laughs> anyway, but King Ahab had been chasing him and chasing him and chasing him and chasing him for years. And then Jezebel gets up, upset. Who knows when mama's upset? You should be scared, you know what I'm saying? Like, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Like, something about to go down. Like, you're not going to get out of this. Like, you're going to get a whipping. You're going to get ostracized. There's no more meals for you. Ramen noodles, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be bad. But 1 Kings 19 says this. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. He came to Beersheba in Judah and left his servant there. Man, you got to understand how far this bro ran. Man, this is before Uber. This is before Nike pumps. Okay, this guy literally ran to Beersheba from where he's at. This is a 100-mile run. This is like the ultra, ultra runner, you know, ultra marathoner going on here. It's kind of like the prophet to the Forrest Gump moment. Run, Elijah, run. I mean, he just kept going. I love that scene in the movie, by the way, that things blow off. But, man, he came out of Dodge, you know what I'm saying? He was gone. Anybody ran 100 miles here? Yes. Anybody ran 100 miles collectively in its last lifetime? <laughs> There's one, I know Link Lawrence probably made 100 miles this last couple of weeks. 
She's a runner, cross country. She makes it happen. But Elijah, man, she was, he was afraid and ran for his life. He came to Beersheba and Judah, left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey to the wilderness, man, he ran from the mountaintop as fast as possible. He was scared for his life. He was desperate and alone. He came to the broom bush. He sat under it and prayed that he might die. Man, I think for some of us today, like we've had this voice in our head at some point or another that said, hey, look, I, I think it's done. Like my, my life is making a difference. Like whether you said it out loud or whether you said it in your mind, you may have said this exact same thought that he says here. He says this, I've had enough, Lord. He said, man, just take my life now. I'm not making an impact, man. I'm no better than my ancestors. Man, I can't take some more. Man, I've given my best. Man, I've tried and tried and tried. It's not making a difference, man. I don't know why I'm here. Nobody has it as bad as me. Man, I'm starting across this room. There's some of us today that have had those thoughts in the past. Maybe you have that thought right now that you're at the end of your road, man. You're spent. Like this season, man, it's a long season. This wilderness is not ending for me. Maybe you got some teenagers at home. Yes. <laughs> Boy, I brought you into life and I will what? <laughs> some, there's, some, there's some parents in the house, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to see a picture on Facebook later choking some kids out. I've, got, I've actually got a Christmas picture like that. I didn't put it out there because I thought it didn't go well. But we're trying to get those family pictures going, you know, and this Jack's going crazy. I'm like, boy, I'm going to choke you out. i got a cool picture. Anyway, maybe at work, right, and it's just a straw that broke the camel's back. It's not going well. Like everything you do is failing. You just don't feel like it's going, man, I'm ready to quit on this. It's not going to go well. Maybe you're financially in a place where you were getting ahead, but then your car breaks down. Amen. Come on, my truck. I keep going back to my truck. It's just like, come on, what is this problem? The toilet overflows. The floods your basement in your house. I'm on the tic-tac. You got the story. Your boy puts a tic-tac up his nostril and the ER bill comes in for the tic-tac. I mean, come on, God. Like, what are you teaching me? Like, what is going on? I can't take any more of this. Maybe you made a really awesome dinner. That's not me. But maybe you made an awesome dinner. You spent all this time and energy on it. Maybe you're just made with love. You know what I'm talking about. You got that love going. It's all extra mile going. And your family comes in like a herd of cattle in like 30 seconds to eat it, leave the plates everywhere. And all of a sudden you're like turned into Jezebel. You're like, listen here, folks, if this ain't picked up by tomorrow and this place is spotless, you're going to die. Somebody's going to die in this house. This ain't going to work out this way. Like you're at the last rope. There's just one thing that sets you off, right? Like you just come to the end of it. Just one little switch. And I think that's what happened to Elijah. He just kind of came to the end of his rope, man. He was, on this, he was experiencing God's presence, God's power, man. He was, he was brave. This guy was courageous. I mean, he stared down the king. You got to know the backstory. He stared down King Ahab. He told him, he said, listen here, man, because of your sins, God's going to give us a drought. It's not going to rain. And guess what? It didn't rain. He stared nose to nose with the king and said, listen, man, you're going to have a consequence, and this is what it's going to be. He also said, Ahab chased him down for three years. Like, literally sent his entire force armies after Elijah to hunt him down. Elijah hid, and the ravens fed him, and Elijah actually raised a little boy from the dead. Man, he called down fire from heaven on a wet altar, and the fire came down and burned up the altar. Man, this guy was in the presence and the power of God. Matter of fact, in the middle of the drought, this is what Elijah says. Hey, it's going to rain right now. And it rained. Man, Elijah was right where God wanted to be. Elijah was strong. Elijah was exactly what God had for him. He was in the protection of God, the power of God. He was doing all the right stuff. He was in the presence of God. And then this really angry woman shows up, and he runs for his life. He runs and cowers in fear. Man, now her too? Are you for real? Like, it's been three years already. Like, I've been struggling. I've been in this wilderness. I thought I'd defeat it. I've come down. I've destroyed these prophets. Like, is this the final straw? I'm just here to tell you something, man. Elijah was not weak, amen? Elijah wasn't weak, weak like us. Man, he was just weary. Like, he was, he was tired. He was worn out. I don't know if you're worn out this morning. He was in a spot where he's just in the cycle, man. He's in the rat race. And he wasn't done with his wilderness yet. Man, I think we say it this way in our culture. We always say, man, how you doing? You're like, man, I'm so tired. 
I'm tired. Y'all know that's just, I hear all the time, I'm tired, you know? It's like, are you really tired or is there more to being tired? I'm gonna check out this quote from Dr. Cloud. He says this. He said, for most of you, you're probably misdiagnosed, misdiagnosing your challenge. You might misdiagnosing your real need is. Most of us aren't tired. If you're tired, you just take a nap and your problem will be solved. Man, that'd be sweet, wouldn't it? Yeah. Nap time. Who wants nap time right now? <laughs> I'm embarrassed to lead this church right now. <laughs> Get out the rugs, put up the chairs, nap time, baby. Oh, man, he wasn't just tired. He wasn't in just a rut, man. He was in a place where, where God wanted him to, to, he was spiritually empty. You know, for us, we're not just in a rut. We're, maybe physically rest is great, but guess what? We need spiritual replenishment. We need, we need to be a place where God needs to fill us. Some of us are just running on empty. Like we're going through the motions. Like we're, we're doing our own life. We're building our own strength. But we've misdiagnosed our need for, for tired as a need for spiritual replenishment. I'm preaching to somebody today. I know somebody needs this. You're not just tired. You need an encounter with the holy presence of God. Amen. I mean, we can't do this life on our own. We need God every step of the way. You need his grace. You need his goodness. You need his mercy in your life. Man, you're depleted. Man, when's the last time you made a well? When's the last time you waited on the presence of God? When's the last time that God led you and you didn't lead God? When's the last time that we said, hey, I'm in the wilderness, but you know what? God's right here with me. Look what David said in Psalms 23. He says, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he restores my soul. Man, we need some soul work today, don't we? I don't know if you need some like heart stuff where it's like, man, I, I know I'm going through stuff, but what's inside is just depleted. Like I need God to speak into my life. I need some restoration. Like there's some work that has to happen. Like I'm not, I, I'm just not ready yet, God, but you need to teach me something. You need to show up. You need to reveal something into my heart. And this is what David said. He said, man, he makes me lie down in the green pasture. I'm in the valley. I'm in the dark spot. But man, he restores my soul in those moments. I love what God does to Elijah. He doesn't preach a message. Sorry. <laughs> You're sorry you're here today after the sermon, right? But he didn't preach a message. He doesn't rebuke him for his lack of faith. He didn't say, man, if you memorize more of that Bible verses, you would have got there. He doesn't chastise him for being something that God didn't want for his life. He says, you know what? I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to do something we can, all can do. He said, I'm going to tell you to go eat and drink. Man, we love that, don't we? I mean, look at the verse. It says that once the angel touched him and said, get up and eat. I mean, come on. Who heard the voice of the Lord today? It said, get up and get yourself a double cheeseburger. You know what I'm saying? With some bacon, Amen. Come on, where's all the church? You know, the bacon, just put some, bacon makes it better, right? Get yourself a large Coke right next to it. This is what God's telling Elijah to do. Like, get up and get some food, man. You need some strength in your life. He said, he looked around and there by his head was some baked bread, some hot coals, man, some gluten-free bread from heaven right there for him, man. A jar of water, he ate and drank and laid down again. Man, what is God saying to us? He said, man, the most spiritual thing you can do in this season in the wilderness is to rest. Man, the most spiritual thing. I know you're like, man, I gotta do something. I gotta, man, dude, rest in God. Man, God is close to you. Man, God wants to do some work inside of you instead of through you. Like, you need to know his presence is there. Man, it's time to dig a well. Man, I love verse 7 and check this out. The angel of the Lord came back to him a second time. You just got to stop there. Man, isn't it cool? Like, I'm that guy. Like, you have to say it, like, because I am a guy, right? You have to say it, like, four or five times. Like, I'm a guy, right? But isn't it cool, like, that God is the God of second chances? That God came back to him and said, hey, Elijah, by the way, man, I want you to go get some food. Like the third time and the fourth time and the fifth time, we need to know that God is a God of second chance, that he loves us right where we're at. His presence is pursuing us, amen? Like we don't have to run to God. God is with us. God is coming back to you over and over again. Maybe for some of this morning, like, man, I'm in the wilderness and you're gonna walk out of here and be in the wilderness. But I'm gonna tell you something, man. God is chasing you down, amen? God's presence is with you. 
God wants to be restoring your life, man. It may be the second, third. This may be the 15th year that you've walked away from God, and this is the day that God can change you. Since the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank and strengthened by the food. He traveled 40 days, which means it wasn't McDonald's, you know, but he strengthened by the food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Herod, the mountain of God. And there he went to a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him. And he said, man, what are you doing here, Elijah? Like, why are you running? Like, where are you going? Where are you going from me? And so I want you to check this out. Elijah, man, he's about to get a little, like, I call it the whiny voice. Like, I don't know if you had a whiny voice to God. Like, I know I've had the whiny voice from God. But this is what he says, and I'll show you my whiny voice in a second. But he said this in 1 Kings, verse 10. He said, man, he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. Man, in other words, man, God, I've been working so hard for you. I don't know if you've been in this spot. I'm in a pastor church, you know. God, I've, I've, been, I've been faithful to you every day of my life. Man, nobody has as bad as me. I don't understand. Like, I've been praying and praying and praying. I'm still in this season. God, man, I don't understand what you're doing. This isn't fair. This isn't fair. Like, this isn't fair that this happened in my life. Man, I should be blessed, but instead I'm not blessed. Like, I shouldn't be in this valley right now. Like, I shouldn't have to run from Jezebel. Man, I fought enough fights. Dude, I've proven myself. I don't know why I have to do It's just me. I'm the old person at the wine voice, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. I get there, right? We start seeing ourselves so big. And say, man, God, I've been doing all this stuff for you. And God's about to show up right in his life, man. I know he's worked hard, but God is going to be with him. Elijah says this. He goes on to say, the Israelites have rejected your covenant. They tore down your altars. Man, they put your prophets to death with the sword. And I'm the only one left. And I feel like the only one left. Like, nobody's doing as well as I'm doing it. If you guys all do it my way, we wouldn't have a problem. Like, I'm the only person left, man. And you guys are trying to kill me too. Like, I'm the best one out there, and I don't get any credit for it. Come on, God, where you at? Man, Elijah couldn't see past his own need. He couldn't see back past himself. Man, he was desperate. He was alone. He was in a bad spot. Man, nobody's doing it as well as I am. Nobody has it. I love this line. Nobody has it as bad as me. You ever feel like that? Man, nobody has it this bad. Nobody has it this bad. Man, then what does God do with him? Man, God, he, he kneels down. He measures into his heart. Man, he does some soul restoration. He speaks some truth into his life. Man, I hope you understand your deepest need is a gift when it drives you to depend on God. There's something that God was trying to teach Elijah. He had to learn in the wilderness. Don't miss this in verse 11. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, and the Lord is about to pass you by. Go out in the presence, man. I'm about to reveal myself to you, Elijah. Like, I know you're looking for something, but I'm here with you. Go out there. You'll find me. Go ahead and look. I'm out there. I know you're scared, but I'm with you. And it says this amazing passage. It says, then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. And you know, Elijah's sitting there like, dude, where's God in the wind? Man, where's God? And it says, the Lord's not in the wind. And then a mighty earthquake came and it shook the ground. And there's Elijah looking out, where's God in the earthquake? And it says, the Lord's not in the earthquake. And then a fire, after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord's not a fire. And after the fire was a gentle whisper. Man, here's Elijah. Man, he's looking for the presence in the wrong places, right? He's looking in the wind. He's looking in the fire. Man, the Lord's not there. He's looking, the earthquake's not there, man. Man, you ever heard of earth, wind, and fire? <laughs> Some of you guys get that, right? Earth, wind, and fire. Man, this is where it's coming from, right? This is all about that. I mean, if you're, if you're not laughing, you know, enjoy being 18. It's cool. <laughs> God put this together for you. You know, like one day you'll have old people jokes like we do. Like, it's all good, man. But God wasn't in any of the earth, wind, or fire. Guess where God was at? He wasn't in some like amazing, spectacular thing. He wasn't in some kind of remarkable thing that you're looking for, some tablet falling from God to say his will, not some miraculous moment. He was in the remarkable, but he was in the ordinary. God was in the ordinary. God was right there with you the entire time, just in a whisper. I mean, why is it when your life is so difficult that God shows up just in a whisper? I mean, why is his voice louder? Like, you're struggling. You're like, God, can you just tell me what I need to do? Like, come on, baby, get up and pray. 
Like, it's going to be okay. The check's in the mail, bro. Relax. His voice is never that loud, right? Like, why is it that God doesn't shout to us? Why isn't God doesn't reveal himself in some, some spectacular way? I remember Diane telling me one time, she was struggling with her faith, and she was just praying, like, God, just move the shoe across the room so I know you're real, you know? Like, I just struggle right now. Like, are you really there? Just do something. Show me your presence. Like, I need to see it. I love this thought, man. Why doesn't God shout you down? It's because God is so close, he can whisper. Man, that's something for your soul, man. Like, God is right there with you. God is so close to you that he is speaking into your life. He is ear to ear. He's speaking into your heart. He is near you. He is with you, man. The devil's going to shout you down, but God's going to speak into your heart, man. God doesn't just sing any louder. He's not going to shout like some magical thing in your life, but you know what he's calling you? He's calling you and say, hey, come close. Hey, come close. I'm right here with you. I'm with you. If you slow down enough, you'll know I've walked with you. I might have carried you in this valley. You might know that every part of this story that you're struggling with, my hands are all over it. My fingerprints are wrapped around it. You just don't see it yet, but I'm with you every step of the way. I'll never leave you or forsake you, man. Some of you got here this morning. Man, every single moment of your pain was on purpose, amen? Every single step of the way, every single part of that diagnosis, every part of that struggle you're in was on purpose. Man, God loves us more than we can ever understand. The I love you. God's saying, I love you. I'm with you. I wouldn't leave you in the mess by yourself. I'm in the wilderness with you. I'm gonna go the distance all the way with you, man. If you're in the valley, guess where God's at? He's in the valley. When you're hurting, guess what? God's hurting. When you're weak, guess what? God's strong. God's carrying you. God's picking you up. God's bringing you along the way. You know, I was growing up, I got stitches um, mostly just above my eyebrows like eight times. I don't know, like it explains a lot, you know like what's going on in my life, you know? <laughs> Been dropped in my head a few times, right? And so I was riding my bike down this gravel road one time down in Warrensburg with my dad. And uh, he was in front of me and I, I came behind him. I hit his back tire with my front tire, which is always a good thing, you know? <laughs> it just sent me over the bike and onto the gravel road with my face. I landed like all beautiful, like, like, and they split my eyebrow open. I was bleeding everywhere. And I remember, the only thing I remember about this whole thing is just running to my dad and him carrying me literally to the next property over to a well that's outside we're in the country and cleaning me up. And I didn't run to my brother. He was with me. I didn't run away from everybody. But you know what I ran to? I ran to the safest place I could find. I ran to the, the place that I knew somebody would care about me the most. And I think this is so important for you to hear, that you don't have to run to God because God is already with you, amen? You don't have to run to him. You don't have to go find him. He's not out there somewhere. He's not looking for you to like add your life up and be perfect. He's not looking for you to, to do all the right stuff and to prove yourself. He's not looking for you to pull up your britches and be a stronger man and not be weak. He's looking for you to rest in his grace, in his presence. He wants to walk with you. He wants to be intimate with you today. And check out this verse in uh, Psalms 38, 18. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I mean, he's near to the brokenhearted. I mean, if you're going through a season in the wilderness, man, God is right next to you. Why does God whisper? Because he's close because he's near. Man, David said this way, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lay down in green pasture, restores my soul, and even though I walk through the valley of death, I'll fear no evil. Because why? Because God is with me. Man, I'm not gonna be afraid of what I'm going through because God is walking with me every step of the way. Man, think about this. Why does God whisper to his sheep? Like, why does he whisper to us? And I love this, man. Because God knows our names. He knows every one of our names. He knows every sheep by name. He's calling us personally. You know, sometimes we're just looking to follow a movement of other people, but God's working in your life individually. Matter of fact, the Bible says that the sheep hear his voice and they know him and they follow him. I mean, you gotta hear the voice of God. He's so close, he can call you personally. He knows every hair on your head. He says he loves you more than the grains of sand in the earth. Like he's a personal God. 
He's not God to be found somewhere else, but right there next to you. And if you just listen, if you just dig a well, if you just get a little deeper with God, he'll reveal himself to you. Man, I'm so glad there's no orphans in the house of God. I'm so glad that we have a father in heaven. Man, some of you guys don't have a great earthly father. Man, but I'm so glad we have a heavenly father. That we have somebody that we're adopted in as a children. Man, we're sons and daughters of the king. Amen. That we're heirs to the throne. Like, I don't know about you, but we may be in the wilderness, but we're not alone. Amen. Like, God may put you through a struggle, but there's a reason for it. We're going to talk about that. But God is with you every step of the way. I want you to check out how close his presence is in Psalms 139. It says this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I raise on wings in the dawn, if I settle a far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. No matter where you go in life, no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, I want to tell you something. You're so close to God that you can hold his hand. Isn't that incredible? No matter where you go. I mean, how close do you have to be to somebody to hold their hand? Proximity, huh? Like God is with you every step of the way. I'm here to tell you something. God is with us. For some of you, God showed up in special ways. For some of us, we launched this church. God showed up in the mailer, amen? amen. I mean, somebody just, just was like in the mailbox one day, like there's God. Am I right, Brian? I know Brian's in the house. They got a mail issue up to our, our pre-service, like our gathering before we launched our church. I mean, like an accidental thing, like the date, like they didn't notice the date and they showed up and it's like, hey, you're gonna hear the sermon next week, bro. And they signed up and they say, man, I'm gonna serve in the church. They've been here every week ever since, amen? Like the first day. I mean, some of us been coming for like the whole year and going, man, I'm not sure if this is a place to serve. And man, God's presence was just in a mailer. For some of you, God, was, God used an invite. For some of you, somebody was close to God and you may be far from God and they invited you to church. And I think, I think some, of the, some of the families that have come, I think of Scott Germain when I think of a, somebody that's been inviting people out. I mean, if you've been invited by Scott Germain, which is a lot of people and his family, man, God used that, didn't he? God just showed up, just a little bit of presence, just by somebody saying, hey, man, how's your week? Man, there's something God can do in your life, man. I'm believing you. This is something special, man. Man, just follow me as a follow Christ. Man, you should check it out. You should check it out. I mean, something so simple. And now as people, like whole families get baptized, people join the team. We're thinking about people coming on as major leaders in the church. Because a simple invitation, because God showed up through a personal invitation, just a word. Man, some of you showed up because your spouse has been praying for you. Where'd this Bible show up on my nightstand from? You know what I'm saying? They just started showing up. My husband's getting all weird and we're trying to show up to church on Sundays. And maybe it's the opposite way. And you're coming on Sundays. Your husband's like, man, I'm not going to church, you know. It hasn't come yet. But you're faithful, you know, and your family's being changed one person at a time. For some of you, your kids brought you to church. For some of you, your kids brought you to church. That's the story of my family. Everybody in my family is going to church or following God's because I've led them there. And I'm not saying that to be proud or arrogant or anything else. I'm just telling you, man, God can use it. Maybe I think my family may not, may not change. Man, God's gonna use your story. I'm gonna tell you there's a reason you're in the wilderness, man, because none of this happened on accident. It wasn't an accident you got a mailer. It wasn't an accident you're here this morning. It wasn't an accident that person invited you to church. It wasn't an accident that you invited somebody else to church. Nothing's happening on accidents. God put us in the wilderness. And I believe this. God has gifted us with the wilderness. God's pushing you in a season where you may be struggling, a season where you're not, you're not yourself. Like you can't do it on your own strength. Like it's not your power, it's not your story. And I think the most important thing you can take away from the day is that God put you in the wilderness to introduce other people to your dad. He brought you in the wilderness so you could invite other people and you can share in their struggle. You can say, you know what? I know I'm in the pain and this is not fun, but you know what? God is so good to me. I know my marriage is kind of going sideways, but you know what? God's good to me. My finances, man, you should see them. They're all over the place. Man, but God's with me. God's teaching me so much. Man, if it wasn't for him, I couldn't do this, man. I thank God I'm in the valley. You know what most people are looking for in life? Looking for purpose. Looking for a little bit of hope. Man, if there's ever a time of the year we're looking for hope, it's Christmas, amen? 
when we have the hope of the world, we know the story and God's gonna show up and he can show up through you if you share your story. You know that less than 1%, I mean, and this is not a negative thing, but less than 1% of our community has come out to real life church. Like I just do random stats, that's what I do. I do nothing all that. I'm a geek, you know, I was kidding. All right, we're doing all sorts of stuff. But I know how many people come out for a community. That's less than 1%. That, that's a great stat for us. Like I'm telling you, like that's an amazing, I'm not gonna like, that's a significant number. But I'm telling you, we have 99% of the community has never been to our church. I'm not saying we're the only people doing it, but we are doing it, you know what I'm saying? And we can invite somebody out to hear the blessing and, the, and hear about Jesus dying on the cross, introduce them to their father. Been an incredible opportunity. There's a world that's desperate, full of pain and suffering, looking for hope, looking for a purpose, looking to find a new strength. We're stranded in their sin. There's people close to you, but far from God. There's people you could invite out, you've prayed for. You could be that little voice in the wilderness. Like you could just come alongside somebody, just start inviting them out. There's a lady at Lowe's, I've been working on for like three years about going to church. You know, like uh, she knows every time we, she, she picks my kids up and hugs them. She's a cashier, you know, like we're close. Like I, I hang out Lowe's. That's what I do. I don't work at all. I just go Lowe's, you know, but I'm telling you, just use those relationships. God's putting you in, in the wilderness on purpose because that's where everybody else is at. They're in the wilderness with you. They're wandering around. I mean, what if God puts you there on purpose so other people can discover who God is? They find real life and purpose in Jesus. I want to think about this. Jesus left the 99 to go the one. Jesus went into the wilderness I mean, he could be with the sheep. This is easy, it's fun, it's comfortable, it's predictable, it's routine. I know I'm gonna sit next to when I show up to the sheep flock, you know, like, I know they're gonna sing some songs, you're gonna hear a cool message, like, it's predictable. And all of a sudden, it's like about the 99, but Jesus is like, hey, you know what? There's something missing. And he walked off into the wilderness, like, that's where Jesus wanted us. Like, Jesus put us in the wilderness on purpose. I mean, he left the comfortable. He left the convenient to the inconvenient. And you know what he did in the wilderness? He carried a tree through the wilderness. He went to the hardest spot of Calvary and down a cross for our sins. Man, that's hope. You know what? Jesus even made the prayer, God, if you can take this from me, do it. But if not, your will be done. Man, the wilderness is where God wants us today. Man, he even said that these sheep, man, they don't have a shepherd. I mean, I have compassion on this crowd because they need a leader. They need, to know, they need to know my father. And so his heart was broken for the multitudes. Our heart is broken for our community, amen? Our heart is broken for those that are far from God. Jesus is pursuing them. We should pursue them too. You know what's cool? It's that we have the great shepherd in our lives, don't we? Like, I don't know how you'd preach this message without having Jesus in your life. Like, what do you tell people that are going through a struggle? Like, what do you tell people that need some hope? I mean, what do you tell somebody that's on the end of their rope? If we have the shepherd, and I think in this season, the greatest thing you could ever do is invite somebody to the Prince of Peace, our God, Jesus Christ, the great shepherd, introduce him to the Heavenly Father. What if God were to use you this year? I know you're going through a financially tough season. Maybe you share your story. You know what would be cool? It's just to go on Facebook and be like, let's call it a little revival, a little encouragement revival, and just go out there and say, you know what, God's good. We always make a post and say, you know what, my, my, here's my struggle, but God is good, amen? We start to share our story. You know what, God's writing your story. Matter of fact, the most powerful story you could ever share is the story of your struggle, amen? I mean, you'll always have an audience. If you share somebody, like, I've been through this. Hey, you know what? I'm going to tell you why I can make this. Jesus brought me through this. Man, there's this church that's that spoken in my life. You know, here's a verse. Man, I, I'm, if you're struggling, I'm struggling. I'm with you. You're going to carry somebody through the wilderness with you. I promise you, God's going to show up. For some of us, like, man, the last place we want to do is, is, is be around the presence of God because the, the world's told us, like, we got to do it in our own strength. We got to be independent. Like, if you just work harder and make enough money, all these problems go away. But the reality is, we got to get closer to God, amen? We gotta draw close to him, he draw close to us. Man, what if God used you in the wilderness to introduce new people to him this Christmas season? And I think that's the reason God has us in the wilderness, man. Your struggle becomes his strength, amen? 
Like you can boast in the cross when you're in the struggle. You can talk about how, how we're not good, how God is good. You can point them to Jesus through your pain. And that does, you know, it does, it allows the Holy Spirit to do some work in their heart and to restore them. And so this, this Christmas season, I want you to know, man, God is with us. Well, who is God? He is Emmanuel, God with us. Father, come before you. God, we ask that your presence, God, and your peace, God, would just resound in our hearts. God, I ask for your presence, God, just to minister your grace. God, your strength, your peace, your goodness. God, just this moment today. Man, across this room as you reflect in prayer without anybody looking around, take a moment and ask yourself, man, are you walking through a valley? Maybe you say, I'm in a desert. I know I'm in a wilderness right now in this moment. If that's you, we just lift your hand out and be looking around and say, man, I'm in a desert. I see your hands. Thank you for your honesty. Man, let me ask another question. Those of you who say, you know what? I may not be in the wilderness right now. may not be in the desert. But where I am, I want to be closer to God. Man, I want to hear his still, small voice. I don't really hear his voice often, but I want to see God in the ordinary every day of my life. I want to experience him as a Jesus follower. Man, I hope this is you. If that's you, you say, that's me. I want to lift my hand. Say, I want to hear, I want to see God in the ordinary. I want to see God in everyday things in my life. I want to see people change by the power of the cross. Man, Father, I pray, God, that this wilderness, God, is on purpose. God, I pray that we see you above the pain. God, you reveal your presence in the ordinary. God, I pray for your strength. I pray for your comfort, God. I pray you help us not just to be not just to be tired and rest, God, but to be full of you, God. I pray you renew us with your grace. God, give us your peace and your hope today. For those of you that want to hear his voice, man, help us to spend time with you. Help us to carve out the most important relationship in our life. God, help us to dig a well. God, we're desperate for your presence. God, meet us here even in this moment this morning. God, we draw close to you, draw near to us. But as I keep praying today, there are those of you that you recognize, man, I wouldn't know God's voice even if I heard it. You might say, in a moment, honestly, say, Sean, I'm not sure if I even know God or he even wants to know me. Well, let me tell you something about God and who he is, and you can know him today. Man, God is this. He is the one who became flesh and the person of Jesus. He is the sinless son of God who loved and reached out to people like you and me, the hurting, the broken, and those whose lives have been torn apart. Man, he loved us so much he would never leave us in that spot. Jesus became sin for us on the cross. He died in our place on the third day when the stone was rolled away. He was not there. Why? Because he defeated death, hell, and the grave for us so that anyone that includes you that calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. No matter what you've done, it doesn't matter. No matter who you are, it doesn't matter. You'll be saved. You'll be forgiven. You'll be made new. He'll meet you right now in this moment. If you're at the bottom, you're in the wilderness and you're hurting, God will meet you right here in this moment. So right now, the only thing separating you from God, separating you from God is your sin. When you confess your need for him, he forgives your sin. He brings you life and life abundantly, man. This is why so many of you here today, you need to hear this message. You have to hope restored. You need him. You need his grace. You need his salvation today. If you'd say, I turn from my sin, I want to turn to Jesus. I'm going to give my life to him. If that's your prayer, would you lift your hands high right now with anybody looking around and say, I give my life to him this morning. Like, I see your hand. That's so awesome. Maybe I'll say, I need to give my life to Jesus this morning. I'm in the wilderness, but I want to hear his voice today. Anybody else would say that? Hey, if you raise your hand, I just want you to, I see your hand. That's awesome, another hand. I just want you to, man, give it up, man. We're all for that. If you need Jesus this morning, I want you to pray this prayer to Jesus after me. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me. Man, I know I've messed up. I'm in the wilderness, God, but I know you died on the cross for me. God, make me new. Jesus, save me from my sin. God, thank you for carrying a tree through the wilderness for me. God, I want you, I want to live my life for you. I want to be on purpose. God, I want you to live every day according to your will. God, thank you for new life. You can have my life. I praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, can you guys stand up to your feet? We're going to worship one more time. Man, give it. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.